Welcome to Mandarin Baptist Church, where we are the generations declaring the redemptive story of God on Everyday Mission. Thank you so much for setting aside time to join us as we open Scripture together. Whether this is your first time joining us or if you listen in weekly, we want you to know that we are so thankful you are here. We believe God has something for each of us today. We know God is always working and speaking, and our prayer is that this message will minister to your heart as much as it has with us. Before we get started, there are a couple things for you to know. First of all, we would love to connect with you on a deeper level and even help you take your next step of faith, whatever that might be. A great first step is joining us on campus for one of our worship gatherings on Sundays at 8.30 a.m. and 10.45 a.m. We would also love to help you get connected to one of our small groups. Regardless of what life stage we are in, we strongly believe that we were not created to go through this life alone. We need people to come alongside of us and to help point each other toward Christ and encourage a deeper pursuit of God in our lives. For more information or questions you might have, please check us out online at mandarinbaptist.org. On our website, you will find groups for every age, as well as dates for events like Discover Mandarin, which is a great way to learn a little bit more about who we are, different ministries we are involved in, and local and global missions partners. You can like, follow, and join a live stream of our Sunday services at facebook.com slash Mandarin Baptist Church. So now, as we dive into scripture today and we hear the truths of God, we pray our lives are shaped by what His Spirit will speak to us. We hope His words will be written upon our hearts and we will move toward Christ as we check out this week's message. had an epiphany of responsibility, and so I'll just share it with you. Um, so I'm just thinking about the gateway and move, making our way toward the breaking of bread and the drinking in a common cup together, kind of remembering who we are in Jesus. And so we are who we are in Christ because we've been raised a new life. So glory to God for that. Um, we are who we are because someone provided a heritage in our soul of discipleship, and I have quite a few someones who have, have provided me with that gift, and so for that, I'm grateful. And, um, and as I was singing that song, Promises, um, a portion of Acts, I think it's the 16th chapter, it could be wrong, but it just starts talking about a church that is just about new life and a heritage of responsibility and disciple-making that our faith would be strengthened, our endurance increased, and the body of Christ would expand. And so it just struck me to, to go back to the video. So if you're in this room and you've had relationship with Jesus for a good bit, we have a stewardship responsibility as the body of Christ as of last Sunday evening. We have a stewardship of responsibility to create a heritage of disciple-making. 
to foster that and to walk in it. And we have a responsibility to several faces I'm looking at in the room right now to say, follow me and I'll carry you toward Jesus. And so may we, as the body of Christ, be a people whose strength is increasing so that we might increase others, who are enduring more fully for the goodness and the joy of Christ, and who are living in faith in what we have not yet seen or maybe do not yet know. So that's kind of my message for the day. So here's some really incredible news. After three summers of being in Psalm 119, we have concluded that. And I would like to highlight just a couple of verses that lead us to this covenantal relationship that we have with Jesus. And so one of the, one of the more um, sacred words that David tends to use throughout Psalm 119 can be translated in several different ways. And so um, I will read a passage from you, um, ironically not from Psalm 119, but I think it's a heart of Psalm 119. This is from Psalm 138.2. If I were, it would encourage you in one way, I would encourage you to perhaps memorize this verse because it's the heartbeat of the song of David in Psalm 119. I praise your name for your unfailing love and faithfulness. For your promises are backed by all the honor of your name. He kind of says this all throughout Psalm 119 and creating in us an endurance, a strengthening of our faith, the, the promises of who we are in Christ. And so I want to praise your name. I want to glorify in you and your unfailing love. And so over and over and over in Psalm 119, um, he talks of the unfailing love of God in Christ, which he doesn't add the in Christ yet, but he's coming. He's in the lineage. And then he also will use, if you read other translations, it's not just the unfailing love of God, it's the loyal love of God, the promises of God that will never fail. So he just kind of guides us over and over into this unfailing, loyal love of God. Or if you read another translation, this is the beauty of reading Hebrew and Greek is that they're grand word pictures. So we're trying to do our best with the English language. And so he also describes this as the loving kindness of God and being like the gentle spirit I am. I like that description of God, but it's really more potent that we understand the loyal love of God, the faithful love of God, the covenantal love of God in Christ, the loving kindness of God that holds all things, all people, all of his children together. And so if we're going to walk through and say, God, we have new life in Christ and we have disciple making in Christ, then God, we are a people who are ever pursuing a deeper understanding of the faithful love of God in Christ and our longing is to be faithful in our love toward him just pursuing him. In Psalm 119, um, I have this on the screen. You're welcome to jot it down in notes. In verses 140, 114, 133, and 159, he says, you're my hiding place and my shield, Lord. I find my hope in your word. Direct my steps by your word. Oh, Lord, revive me with your, your loyal love, your faithful love your covenant that you have set apart. For you are God, a God of promises. You will fulfill them. 
You are a God who's walking with us. So God promised his people that he would spare them, but not only that, that he would lead them to a journey with him that's beyond our imagination. That's Paul in praying for the church in Ephesians 3, that we would experience this journey with him. And as a people, um, going back to the covenant reality of both Moses and, and Abraham, if you will, as a people of God, there is a season and moment that I would love to draw us toward as Moses is being called out to lead the people out of a moment of question of the loyal, faithful loving kindness of God. And so there's, there's this encounter, and I was sharing this. This is the challenging part of, of working with the preacher is like on Thursday, we're so excited of things that we've seen. So I'm preaching to Garrett and he starts falling asleep. And so he's like, Mark, I'm going to hear this Sunday. Thank you so much. But I, I know many of you know the story of the faithful love of God and how he is moving toward um, Moses. And he's going to use him to liberate Israel, the people who are under the covenant of the faithful faithful, loyal, loving kindness of God. And so in the moment that he's working with Moses, I know um, that I should know more than this, but it just struck me like a ton of bricks. So when Moses is having this grand, glorious moment that we are familiar with as a people of God, um, the people of God in covenant relationship with him are subjugated in bondage and oppression and enslavement. So this is a really important part of the song that we're singing and the journey that we're taking and the partaking of the communion cup, the body and blood of Christ. Because while they are in subjugation and oppression, and as far as they know, and this is the part that started just blowing my mind on Thursday, as far as they know, nothing is going to change in the foreseeable future. Their oppression is deep in bondage. And in the meantime, and I love the description of the mount upon which um, Moses finds himself. It's called the backside of nowhere. In the meantime, in the backside of nowhere, with a fellow who has been running for decades from his purpose and plan, the Lord strikes up a fire in a bush. And so I just want to acknowledge in this room that a lot of us have watched the baptismal story. Many, if not most of us, have had our heart warmed by the Dr. Dan moment and the heritage of discipleship. And I would say almost all of us are standing in the moment of some things that we wonder if this faithful, loyal love is moving as we would have it. And the answer is no. He's moving as he will have it. He's moving in his power and his love, and perhaps he will leave us in the oppression, in the bondage as a teachable moment, but he is striking a fire because his love is faithful. He is creating a moment for a guy who needed redemption by the name of Moses and an entire people of covenant of which we have been bonded in as wild olive branches and are a part of the covenant that God has with Israel. So just take that to heart as well. And so while they're in bondage needing restoration and Moses is in bondage himself needing restoration, God is at work and he will move as and when he sees fit and he is teaching and growing growing and preparing in the in-between. That's what it means to be in the midst of the faithful love of God, to trust him in the midst of what's unsure that he has a match in his hand.
And he doesn't work the same way every time, but I kind of like that thought. He's a unique God who meets our needs and meets us where we are. So I would like, in, in light of the communion, to just share a few things that were seeds for Moses and the nation of Israel and um, all of the things that were going on. Uh, God raised up Moses, as you know, to lead the people home to the promises of God. There was quite a dramatic negotiation going on, both with Moses and the Lord, as well as Moses and Pharaoh. And, and here's four promises that the Lord laid out for his people so that we might take communion in response. I'll free you from your oppression. I'll rescue you from your slavery. I'll redeem you with my powerful arm and great acts, and I will claim you as my people. These four promises were the root, if you will, the elements of the celebration of the Passover, which is carried into our tradition of the call of Christ for the people of Christ to remember Christ as we gather around the covenantal reality of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. We partake this together with questions, with curiosities, with mysteries, with sorrow, with joy, and with expectation that our God, not that he will, that for the majority of us in this room, our God has rescued us from oppression. Our God has set us free. Our God has provided for us a much grander story than our current circumstance. Our God has and will redeem us with his powerful right arm and his grand acts of mercy and kindness. And he claims us and has marked us as his people. This is the story, and Paul writes of communion in this way, we press on to possess the perfection for Christ Jesus, for which Christ Jesus has first possessed me. I want to take hold of that which in Christ has already taken hold of me. Lord, would you guide me there? Would you draw me to trust you? There's a lot of the elements, including how we conclude this day, that are significant and meaningful and emotionally positive. And I want us to recognize the pain and sorrow of the moment for many in this room as well. And to remind us that the pathway toward communion went through the bloody cross of Jesus Christ. So welcome to a place of deep faith that far exceeds and supersedes our current circumstance. God doesn't work on our timetable, but he is a God of promises, and he guides us well. One of my sweet friends who was baptized last week shared with me a little bit on last Sunday morning of just what God's been doing in her life, but then she wrote Garrett and myself and said, I just didn't express at all what I wanted to. Can I just share a letter with you when we get to the beach? And so she rejoiced in baptism, and it was, it was amazing. But one of the things that just really struck was almost this message, again, if you will. Like a few weeks ago, I was teaching out of Psalm 118 and just recognizing that the person that I really long to restore is not what God had in mind. And I had to liberate him to be able to say, Lord, you, you, you are the creator. You are the ultimate. I'm clay. You form me as you see fit. 
was life-altering for me, and, and she shared this. She said, I've been in a losing battle with myself, and I've been rescued. I have dealt with the fear of the unknown, and it's been a huge factor in trying to change my ways to his. But God just keeps reassuring me, don't fear, for I'm with you. I've rehearsed this verse. I've done it over and over. I've written it. I posted it on my dashboard. It's giving me strength to not fear the change that God is bringing into my soul, but to allow him to lead as he sees fit. I'm his. I'm loved by him. In seeking his word, he'll lead me, as Psalm 119 said. Even in the affliction and the pain and the hurts, I can be about his glory and remember forever. Please, God, rescue me, for I never forget your law. Quoting Psalm 119, I will remember you in everything I do. I will hold on so that I might know you more. And not necessarily that my situation will be okay. This is the communion that I welcome you into. This is the communion of relationship and walk and journey with Christ. One of my favorite statements, I'm reading through the scripture right now. I've happened to jump into Romans 4 um, this week, and it just described Abram as this way. He's the father of our faith, and he never... I just would love for this to be like a... Let's have a goal, if you will. Like, he never wavered in believing God's promise. What an incredible reality for us as we come to the table. God, would we just trust you? His faith grew stronger, and in this, according to Romans 4, it brought glory to God. God, I, I want to hand you off. That was a shared with me last week. I want to hand myself off to you. God, you conform, transform. You do as you see fit because you're good, and I trust you. I'm very weary of trying to figure it all out and make it all work because I'm not doing really well with that. So rescue me again. And I think he has come alongside and said, I have and I will free you from oppression. I have and I will free you from slavery. I will redeem you. I am powerful with my arm and I will claim you. I have already laid claim to you. Our faith is not mental assent. It's reliance and trust in the person whose name is Jesus. Faith is learning and or leaning and dependent upon Christ and trusting his promises. Which leads us to the calling of Christ to the communion table so that we might remember this often. Because, again, let's face it, a lot of us in this room are in situations and circumstances we would love to upend. And perhaps we could do something better. And say, Lord, through your body and your blood, I faith in you in this time. I trust you. Would you do as you see fit to conform me more fully to the Son of God and the King of glory? And in doing so, I want to partake of his body in a symbolic manner and his blood. Thank you again for listening in to what God is doing here at Mandarin. We hope this is just the beginning to the gospel conversations we have and will share in through our weeks. We never want this to be the end of what God is doing, but just another launching pad for His glory and renown to be central in our lives and relationships. Again, we would love to help you take your next step of faith, possibly here with us, 
as part of our Mandarin Faith family. You can visit us online at mandarinbaptist.org and facebook.com slash mandarinbaptistchurch to see what your next step of faith could be. We thank you again for joining us, and we hope to see you soon.